seated. Let me encourage you to find your sermon notes. It looks like this. It says, Choose Church on it. You can follow along as we go. Probably more importantly, to discuss the questions later on today or sometime this week with your family, and most importantly, to live out the message that you hear today. So, choose church. My parents chose church for me when I was just a wee little lad, about two weeks old was the first time that I set foot in a church, any church at all. Now, not actually, I didn't actually set foot in the church. My mother carried me in, but you get the idea, right? Two weeks old at my baptism. And then, for the next 18 years or so, every Sunday, just about, we would be in church. Now, I will admit that there was a time when I went away to college that I strayed a bit. My parents didn't know what I was doing, and I wasn't about to tell them. Uh, It usually didn't involve going to church. So I had that amount of time, but for the last 40 years or so, I could probably count on one hand the Sundays I have missed, where I didn't either hear the proclamation of the gospel or make that proclamation myself. I am dedicated truly to the local church because I believe that God's greatest hope for humanity is the church. And not just the institution of the church, not a denomination, but the local church, like this one. Now, what makes a church great? You heard it from Mrs. Robinson. It's it's not the building. Buildings are great, and they are important, and they are necessary, but that's not what makes the church great. Nor is it our programs and ministries, though we have many Great ministries here to me, and you'll know what makes the church great is the people, because you are the body of Christ. You are the ones who holds it all together. You work together to make a difference in the world. So I'm going to pose a question today. Today is New Member Sunday, and at our 9:30 worship, we we welcomed a number of new members. Why join a church anyway these days? In this postmodern age when most people have chosen not to be in a church like this one today because there's so many other things that you could be doing and not just activities, but why, why join a church? Why become a member at all? Well, I could give you lots of reasons, but I'll give you two today. They're in your notes. The first one is this. Why would anyone want to be a member of a church for the sake of consistency? For the sake of consistency. Here we have the writer of the Hebrews. You heard this earlier. Who said, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised, that's God, is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another onward toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Did you catch that? This is in the very beginning of Christianity. Less than a generation after Jesus walked among the people. Now imagine, you were there. Let's say you were one of the disciples. 
You saw Jesus in the flesh. You heard him preach. You saw him do miracles. Heal people. Turn water into wine. He's risen from the grave. Perhaps you've touched the scar. And you're not meeting regularly together. From the very beginning, there are those who say, well, we don't really need that. I can believe in God on my own. I don't need to gather with the rest. But there's power in routine, isn't there? There's power in consistent habits. Do you remember when we started the Being Challenge, I promised you that I would adopt a new habit. Does anybody remember what it was? What was it? I would clean my desk every day before I left the office. So how many times do you think I have fulfilled that promise? Any guesses? What do you think? Zero? Where's the faith? Russell, what? Oh, I'm hurt. (laughs) Not that I'm surprised, but yeah. You, You know my track history, don't you? Okay, that's fair. No, honestly... I have cleaned my desk before I left the office every day but one. That's pretty good, isn't it? Don't you think? A round of applause for the pastor. Come on now. Right, right. So let me ask you that one time that I didn't do it, did God forgive me? Say yes. Yes, he did. Right. We're we're not perfect. That's not the idea to win God's favor through habits. It's to develop consistency to receive the benefits of something that is good. So I'm more organized now. It's not so cluttered. I can come in the next morning and it's a clean slate and and I can get started right away. That's a good thing. Some of you have done or adopted new habits. I've heard from some of you, you, you're flossing your teeth regularly. Your dentist will be happy with you about that. Some of you are watching less television. That's probably good. Some of you are on your mobile devices less. That's probably good. And all kinds of other habits. You see, it's consistency. Doing things over and over and over again that makes a difference. Here's the problem. Our world, our culture, our society, the media has deceived us. They've tricked us with a lie. The lie is that you have problems and the only way that you can solve it is through an immediate, quick fix. So how many of you uh, watch television? Anybody watch television? A lot of you still do that. Uh, Are you familiar with that thing they call commercials? Have you seen those commercials? Yeah, what they do is they tell you that you have a problem that you didn't know you had. And then in the next two minutes or so, they are going to provide the solution. Kind of works like this. You see, a lot of you don't know that you need a new car. You think, my car's perfectly fine. It's running great. It's going to last another several years. It could last... 100,000, 200,000 miles yet. But when you watch television, you hear that commercial, you are convinced that your car is not new enough or good enough or expensive enough for your needs. And in the next 90 seconds or so, you now have the solution, right? Your skin is not soft enough. Here's your solution. Your teeth are not white enough. Here's your solution. You do not have enough hair. Right? And I'm like, I didn't know that was a problem. 
It's not, it's actually quite good. You know how long it takes me to get ready in the morning? No time at all. It's done, it's good, right? I don't need more hair, it's not a problem. But that's what the world says. Whatever happened to just good old-fashioned hard work, doing something over and over and over until you get better at it? So instead of buying a diet pill, if you actually go to the gym every day, it won't be immediate, but one day you'll wake up and you'll be thinner, and you'll be fitter. If you just walk every day, you'll be fitter than you were before. There is power in routine, consistent habits. This is what Darren Hardy, he is the editor of Success Magazine, says, small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals, if it's there in your notes, what's the word there? Radical. Radical results. Extreme results. Your life can be transformed. And so it is in the church. This is what the writer in the book of Acts says. Luke says, they devoted themselves, people in the church, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer every day. In the early church, it was every day they continued to meet together. But then the Hebrews writer, less than a generation later, says, but some have given up the habit. So, as I began earlier with my journey in setting foot in the church, I said we went every Sunday. That was what was considered to be regular, every Sunday. Now, when I got into the ministry 30 years ago or so, you were considered regular if you went three times a month. We would give you a little grace. You can miss one every month. About a decade ago, you were considered a regular churchgoer, according to Gallup, the pollster, if you went twice a month before the pandemic, Gallup then said you were regular if you went once a month. And now, after the pandemic, Gallup says that literally a third of all believers, whether they were in church, in person, or online, have given up all together. Third. And yet, most of those, if I were to ask them, and I have talked to some. Why aren't you in church? Well, pastor, I still believe in God. And that's great and that's wonderful. But I don't know anyone whose relationship with God grows when they are away from Him. Because it's in church that we hear the most about Him. It's in church that we hear the good news. It's in church that you heard absolution once again this morning. In church, you know that you are forgiven. In church, you find out about a God who loves you, no matter what. You hear about a God who is with you. You hear about a God who loved you so much that He took care of your bad habits. We call them sin by dying on the cross in your place so that you can have a relationship with Him forever. 
Now, I'll be the first to admit that coming to church won't solve all your problems. But it will definitely help. Consistency. We all need that in every part of life, and we need church because the thing that we consistently hear is the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask you, uh, would you rather hear good news or bad news? How many of you uh, love to turn on the news and hear bad news? Raise your hand. A couple of you like to hear the bad news? (laughs) And that's what it is, isn't it? Most of the news, it's bad news. How many of you would like to hear better news on the news? Raise your hand. Okay, most of us would. Now, we say that, and yet the reality is that most people don't want good news. Now, how do I know that? There was a particular news outlet. It's called the City Reporter. You can check this out. Now, granted, it was in Russia, so maybe that skews things. I don't know. The City Reporter had heard the people. We want to hear more good news. We're tired of the bad news. We're tired of all the the horror and the gore and the bleeding and all that stuff. Give us some good news. So they did for one day. One day, it was all good news. Sunshine and rainbows and lollipops. (laughs) Positive spin on everything. How do you think their readership responded? Up or down? Two-thirds of the readers left. After one day, hearing only good news. Here's the deal. Most people... Don't want to hear good news. But we all need it. We all need to hear the good news. We all need to have that power of God that changes who we are and the trajectory of our lives. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, in my very first church, there was a man by the name of Mike. Mike had just returned from the Navy. I'd never met Mike, but I knew his brother, and I knew his parents. His mom, she called me, and she said, Pastor, Mike's having a crisis. He's far away from God. Could he come in and see you? And I said, of course, absolutely. But Mike did not show up, didn't come to my office. So instead, I went to go see him. Now, this is rural Missouri, so I went out to the farmhouse, Knocked on the door. Mike's mom was there. And I go, I'm here to see Mike. And she goes, oh, well, he doesn't live here. And I go, well, I'm confused. I thought he lived here. Well, he doesn't live here in the house. He lives out back in the garden shed. Okay. So she took me over there to the garden shed. Mike was there. He welcomed me in. Met him for the first time. His mother said, Mike needs to to make peace with God, and he needs to do it soon. And then she left. (laughs) There I was with Mike. I sat down at a desk that he had made, and, and I asked him this question. Mike, did you ever believe in God? And he said, yes, yes, I did. I grew up in the church. Mom and dad, you know them. They're believers, and they would take me to Sunday school and to church every Sunday. And he said, I really had a good life. I married my high school sweetheart. We had three wonderful children. I had enlisted in the Navy so I could have a steady job, and, well, there things began to fall apart. My wife cheated on me, and then we drifted apart. After I was discharged, he's left me altogether. I'm so depressed that 
I can't get a job. I can't work. I've lost custody of my children. So, Pastor, where's God in all of that? Well, my friends, you don't rebuild a life overnight. And so we chipped away. We got him a Christian counselor, and he began to attend worship in the adult Bible class every Sunday for two years. There was a man in the church who got him a job and a place to live. He began to earn an income, and over the next two years, he regained custody of his three children. They were all baptized in the church, and they came with Mike every Sunday, a Sunday school in worship. And after two years, we had a Sunday like this one, where we were installing the officers of the church, the leaders of the church. And Mike came forward because he was the new head trustee, the person who took care of the building. You see, everyone needs to know that they have a God who loves them. Everyone needs to know that their life can be changed in this life and for all of eternity by a God who would sacrifice everything for them. Everybody needs to know that their troubles are not forever. Everyone needs to know that there is a God who forgives them when they make mistakes and who will be there to encourage them on this journey that we call life. We need good news. And we need it regularly. You know, there's a member of this church. He was joking, I'm sure, but he said to me not too long ago, he said, Pastor, I want to resign my membership. And I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> he goes, well, you treat the guests a whole lot better than you do the members. I'm like, what? He says, yeah, the guests, they have, they have front row parking right out there. Little signs on there that says reserved for guests. I'd like to get one of those. <laughs> And then he went on to say, and you know, a guest don't have to give any money either. <laughs> Every year you ask us for money. It's going to happen again here in about a month. And he said, I know that when the time comes, when we build a new church, you're going to ask us for more money, which is true. <laughs> he said, we have responsibilities and commitments. Can't I just be a guest? And I said, sure, you can just be a guest. But I want to be a member. Because as a member, I can partner with each one of you. <laughs> and we can partner with the larger body of Christ. All of those who attend our services, whether in person or online. So that we can truly make a difference in this world. Yes, there are commitments and responsibilities. But what a privilege it is to be able to change someone's life, to transform it. Through the good news of Jesus. Not that all their troubles are going to go away, but now they have the encouragement of coping with it. They have the help of a God who will see them through in the peace and the joy that comes with knowing Jesus personally. Why choose church? You consistently hear the good news that you can only get here.
May God grant it to you so that you too can join together as we make a difference in this world and bring hope to those who need it. Amen? Amen. It's all right.